Welcome to Micromobility, a podcast exploring the disruptive potential of small electric vehicles. We cover the best companies building these amazing new vehicles, as well as topics relevant to how they impact people, cities, and our planet. My name is Oliver Bruce, an investor in mobility and climate tech, and my co-host is Horace Deju, founder of Asimco.com and Micromobility Industries. Hey team, Oliver here. This week I am in Amsterdam again at our Micromobility Europe conference and I had a chance to sit down with Horace who had just flown in from seeing the Apple Vision Pro at the WWDC unveil. We have talked for years on the show about how augmented reality would benefit micromobility and so I wanted to take an opportunity to unpack a little bit more about what he saw and his kind of ideas uh, and conceptions of what spatial computing will mean especially for micromobility. More generally, we had an amazing show at Micromobility Europe. It was our biggest yet, with more than 60 startups pitching at our startup award series, and the most incredible bike rave at the end through the streets of Amsterdam with DJ Dom Whiting. We'll be sharing more content over the coming weeks, but in the meantime, thank you to all who attended, and I hope you had a blast. I certainly did. And with that, here's Horace. Let's go. Welcome back to Micromobility. Uh, We have with us, uh, right here in the room, Horace Deju. First time in a while, man, it's been like uh, October, I think was the last time we were in person. This is fun. Yes, yes, we are sitting in, in, in actually the, the hotel room here in, um, in Amsterdam, uh, right across from the venue. And I just flew in literally uh, an hour or two ago. And uh, we're preparing for tomorrow's kickoff. Uh, but for micromobility Europe, I should, I should clarify. Amsterdam, yeah. <laughs> yes, of course, Amsterdam yes. is Europe. Uh, yes. But the, the, uh, the reason that I'm excited is I just flew in from, from San Francisco, um, mm-hmm. where I was at the Apple event, uh, which happened to be uh, Monday uh, of this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was staying on on Tuesday in order to get a demo of the new product, the Vision Pro, mm-hmm. uh, which, was, which was just announced, which seven years in the making. It's a mm-hmm. tremendous, um, tremendous milestone in, in, in the history of computing, in my opinion, and something I've anticipated for uh, some time with, with an eye towards micromobility as mm-hmm. a key potential user of this technology. What's mm-hmm. interesting is, first of all, branding. Apple calls it spatial computing. Mm-hmm. It's it's a category that has been searching for a name. It's AR, XR, VR, mm. but in fact, what they're calling it is computing because it's a computing platform. And mm. I think that that's first and foremost what they're trying to po- point out. It's it is it is a face worn computer mm-hmm. with a very large, uh, you know, canvas as a display, and it it operates with apps and all the other things you're used to on iOS. That's mm. number one. Uh, number two, it's called the Vision Pro, which is first it means it's pro. So it's the price point. Everybody's shocked, three thousand five hundred, but mm-hmm. it is supposed to be a creation tool, a production a tool, and a development tool. Mm-hmm. And so for that it's reason, it's like what's the cost of an external monitor? Exactly, the yeah. Apple ones in particular, the XDR Pros are. I think I, b- I believe they started in the three thousand. I don't know if yeah. they've come down since, yeah. but that's in the in the ballpark. And and so so vision is a great brand. Mm. Spatial uh, spatial uh, computing is a gr- is a great way to position. And so that that was first right off the top. Mm. And 
we can get into some of the details of the product. I mean, this is not an Apple podcast. No, no. But I, I, I wanted to. Wanna, yeah, yeah, I wanted we, to provide the framing that I think I think is interesting, which is one. As you say, we've mentioned this a whole heap mm. about what is my the, the intersection of micromobility and what does computing start to mm. look like in that space. Mm. And we've talked about having operating systems on the vehicles themselves or overlays around them. Like what? What? Is, how do we interact with the world? And you talked a lot about the, the sort of the conflict between autonomy and also well, like the, the the version of like, what does our future look like? Is mm. it, does it look like this engaged world in which we're in the world and mm. we're in, and we're and we're having fun and you know you can ride a vehicle around and you're engaged in it as part of the process? In which case, then a spatial overlay would make sense. Or is it a we hop in a car, it's autonomous, we drive around right. and well, we're the, in wormholes? The, the, you know? the simple the simple way I, I I hopefully encapsulate this idea is I say automobility is about looking down. Micromobility is about looking up. Mm -hmm. And that's a fundamental distinction. As we go forward, more and more automobility is going to, you know, offer you the opportunity to, to isolate, mm -hmm. to look down, to, uh, to be cocooned, as mm -hmm. I say. Whereas micromobility is going to give you more and more opportunity to look up. And I think the idea of this device is, although very limited uh, mm -hmm. in its scope today, mm -hmm. Uh, it is mostly a lookup device, as you know. Um, the 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 canvas, what I call the canvas, but it basically everything you're looking through this device is a place where you can put a window, mm -hmm. where you can put an app, where you can put an object, and for that reason, it it kind of has the potential to allow the the today it's the the room you're in mm -hmm. is the canvas. Uh, so the design of applications are to be integrated within within that canvas within those four walls and other objects in the room um so you're you're adding layers to that world and again my ambition i'll know i'm probably running too far ahead of the game here mm. but my ambition is that the entire world ought to be a canvas mm. for designers of software products that uh will layer on top of and naturally if you're doing this outdoors the way you traverse that that new canvas will be through a micro micro vehicle, as opposed to auto automotive. Automotive will create will be its own room, and you'll be sort of maybe uh, asked to to enjoy that space. But it's not it. You know, it, there's a great book. Uh, it was a cult classic in the 1970s called uh, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, mm. which is which is kind of a philosophical book and and treatise. But it was. One quote that comes uh, came to mind um, from it was that uh, on a motorcycle, because it's a motorcycle, mm. it's about a motorcycle trip, um, you're present in the moment, as he totally. said, whereas in a car, the phrase he used was, you're just watching TV. Totally. You're watching everything go by on the window outside. Yeah. And, and that was evident to this writer in the 1970s and should have been evident for like ever because that's what the car experience ends up being. And, and so we're here fast forward 50 years later and we're looking at, you know, automo automobility trying to draw your attention inward mm. versus, versus this possibility that exists. So I thought this, this tool, this, this new Vision Pro was, was the very first, of course, there were others before it, of course. You mean I don't other, want, VR, like, uh, other, other VR? Other VR, but yeah. I mean, this is because it's a platform, because it's coming from Apple with superlative specifications it, it, it really gives us the opportunity to to aim once again towards that goal. And now, practically speaking, you know, I did immediately ask the staff present, you know, all your demos are all indoors. Mm. How about taking it outside? 
And they said, well, it's not a problem, generally speaking, but they don't recommend it yet uh, to be used in an area where you might have traffic because, mm-hmm. uh, let's not forget, it, 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 create, it generates an image of the world and mm-hmm. then it paints it. And, but it, that world is changing rapidly. It doesn't yet have the processing power to readjust its worldview mm-hmm. on the fly. It's using LiDAR. It's using vision to create this, okay, this is my canvas. Mm. Um, but if that canvas is constantly moving uh, f- quickly enough, it, it will not keep up. And that's mm. for that reason, uh, you know, maybe for a pass-through, it, it'll still be, you'll still be able to use it. Um, the other restriction is that there is a limited field of view. Um, it isn't 180 degrees, but it's mm. not 90 either. It's somewhere in between. I don't know. They didn't give a spec yet. Mm. So you probably maybe, let's say, 120 um, I guess, which means you're going to have some blind spots looking looking through it, and mm. uh, this it's equivalent to wearing a pair of ski goggles, just like you know ski goggles are have a foam insert, and that will limit your peripheral vision to some degree. And normally, when you're skiing, you're not worried too much about peripheral vision. But mm. I tried once mm. to use ski goggles while cycling because of I was doing it. You did. <laughs> It, it, well, it's it's cold and it's in and you you know if you if it was snowing in yeah. Finland, yeah, you, for the same reason you would use them while skiing. You sure. don't want your eyes to be um, hit by snow. Hmm. I tried it once and and I was annoyed by the peripheral vision problem because if you're making a turn or you're trying to look to see if there's a car and as far as I understand as well, it doesn't yet have cameras that face backwards. No, not at this version. It yeah. does have 180 degree cameras, but not for you. to to see their, their, what it does is it picks up hand gestures mm. at the very edges of your vision. Mm. So you can have your hand up on the, on the back of a couch as you're sitting in it, and it'll pick up your, your, hand, your, you know, your fingers mm. uh, for detection of your, your uh, intentions, mm. right? So that, that, that's a primary input method, by the way, is touching forefinger with the with, uh, thumb. Uh, just to be clear here, the the metaphor switch here is going from the old, the first, let's say, real computer graphical interface was the mouse mm-hmm. and became the, now the touchpad. Uh, then we got direct touch. So that was an indirect, a mouse pointer on the screen mm-hmm. operated by a pointing device, which was a mouse. Then we got direct touch, which mm-hmm. you don't have to deal with this extra appendage. So you're touching the screen directly, and that was the famous iPhone 2007, mm-hmm. a big, you know, a big uh, quantum leap forward in computer human interface. Uh, and now we're looking at the next step beyond that, which is that whatever you're looking at, it knows you're looking at it. And, and if you actuate it with your fingers, then it knows you want to click on it. Mm. And that was what most people commented was like how uncannily accurate it was mm. at detecting what you're looking at. Others have done it, but it, this, this is far more precise. And is that how the, the thing that I got from watching that presentation that really struck me about that idea is that, as you say, it's a computer that we're on your face, but it's the idea that actually like, once you put it on, it kind of disappears that it's, it's, it's you, you know, being able to tap around, but like you could lose yourself in it and never take it off. Because Indeed. It's, it, it, it's, it feels just like a layer of computing on your eyes and then it becomes super intuitive. And Yeah, so so you do know you're wearing it. I, I mean, I don't think, and this was an early prototype, mm-hmm. obviously, but you are looking at, at the room around you. 
the people in it. Mm. Uh, you can read their faces clearly, but you are looking at a screen. You're, you, you and can you know tell. Yeah, mm. it is slightly pixelated, and there's a frame rate you can probably detect, especially if you move your head rapidly. Mm. Again, these are all reasons to improve it as they move forward. But you know, you are looking at 4K displays for mm. each eye. Mm. There are, you know, the size of the pixels is measured in nanometers, so they're super sharp. Mm. But nonetheless, I think you can tell. It is a it is a video you're looking at. You're not looking at reality. Mm. Having said that, the um, and again you get this peripheral vision, like you're looking through very wide screen binoculars mm. or even a camera, old fashioned camera. You have a little, um, uh, you know, you, you have a view viewing uh, area, but this is much much wider. Mm. But it's still not reality in that sense. Um, however, again, of the people I spoke to that had tested previous versions of all these products mm. by other companies all said this is this is way way better than that all these dimensions mm. of performance that we're sure. talking about right but yeah the the idea then is that you 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 have a the first view you see are a, a group of icons just mm. like you would on an iphone you look through them and they'll each glimmer a little bit giving you confirmation that you're looking at them and then if you tap your finger and forefinger you you know you're asking it to open that app mm. uh, then once the app is open if it's a standard rectangular rectangular screen or window then you have the option to resize it you have mm. the option to pick it up and move it by looking at a little bar underneath it and there's another dot next to the bar that's like to close it mm. so you look at that bar and if, if it's highlighted, then you tap your fingers and it says, okay, now I'm in the moving process and you can move it off to the left, to the right, to the top, to the bottom, yeah. or even in and out, mm. right? So it detects what your intentions are in terms of placement. And then you can start layering a whole bunch of windows and some, they end up in your room effectively and mm. they'll stay there as long as you, as you want them. There are other things which are more immersive, obviously photos they dealt with, the mm. videos they dealt with. You also can capture 3D video, which is something that surprised me the most, actually, because I wasn't expecting this. Most of the other things I was, but this this idea that you can capture a 3D video of your family or mm. or, or an event or, or even outdoors. And once you see those those 3D uh, pictures, they're like, wow! I mean, this is like this is like so compelling. And I mm. thought we're gonna have a new level of YouTube. We're gonna have a new level of Snapchat. We're gonna mm. have a new level of Instagram with 3D now because it's so easy to capture. It was something esoteric, something for filmmakers, but mm. now it's a consumer level product, and it's possible because you have stereoscopic you know mm. separation between the cameras which i assume will end up on iphones or on yeah you'd have to like separate it. the the lenses to some degree and mm. i think a couple of it you know centimeters is sufficient in mm. this case but i you know people have been commenting that maybe an ipad first you know mm. you have a bit more separation there mm. but surely they'll bring that technology to handhelds right so so you've got that so primarily it's a computer it's just mm. a Pretty damn good computer with sure. an M M1 series chip. And then you've got you've got content creation and consumption. Uh Disney was showing off what they are gonna try sure. to do with it and all that. Uh and by the way, this none of these are necessarily standardized. So we're gonna have all these walled gardens coming back because you know you'll only be able to use an Apple product to see Apple content and this and that. Um obvious, but uh that's how it is. So then, then there's the question of what else are we going to see on it, right? What are the tentpole features? Um, and, and that's why they showed it off at a developer event because it'll be millions of developers now trying to get their hands on this. It'll be a gold rush. 
I'm already thinking when I was flying over, I was thinking what I would do with one. Mm. You know, I'd love to capture content, be able to create new material this way. I'd love to traverse cities, do, do travel guides, all kinds of things like that mm. are, that are like with this functionality. And indeed, it would be riding on a micro vehicle to do so because, again, mm. it's the most compelling platform for for the speed of, you know, capturing 3D, I think, you know, not from a car, but from a vehicle at that street level. So the one part that I that I kind of saw with this is one it actually feels to me like the one you probably won't want to travel as much because you'll kind of be able to be in presence of a whole bunch of other things. Yeah, I one one uh, comment I made is like I said it's opium. Mm. It is much more opium like than any other product i've seen from apple mm. it has the ability to of course we are we are addicted to the dopamine that we get from the current social media as part of but that was a, that was a, a a product of the media itself as opposed to apple trying to design an experience because when they launched the iphone there was no social media especially mm. not in the mobile sense mm. and maybe there was like myspace or something mm. but but facebook hardly existed mm. um twitter hardly existed uh and and so that media grew up with that platform and now it's addictive but i think this has the genes of being addictive right off the bat because it has this like superbly you know the, the way i measure things like that is what hormones do they trigger number mm. one uh number two what emotions do they trigger mm. are they designed to trigger emotions and hormones because these are the things that get people hooked and people are frankly you know we're wired for this mm. you know we're wired for storytelling and that's mm. good but we're also wired for you know, like these visual stimuli totally but uh, but it's like if you you know, <laughs> the movie wally from pixar mm. is like fat people floating around in space with screens on their face well like not directly on their faces but there was know. more like ipads yeah yeah it was more yeah. like ipads but it, but it's this world in which i can see people wanting to put these things on and then just never either never moving anywhere because you don't feel the need to yeah. or, or well, this is what, where we come in as, yeah. as why well, I'm excited about it. I think that those use cases are being kind of completely um, like you live in your little tiny room, but you live in, yeah, this, to, you to live become, in the universe, you know? Yeah. To become a recluse, uh, mm -hmm. you know, wearing this thing. Uh, people have thought about it already. And like you said, in, in mm -hmm. the films, there's an element of, kind of dystopia about it mm. but i that's where we come in and we zig where everybody zags and mm. we said no 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 this think about taking it outside think mm. about using it to gain superpowers while you're traversing the physical world mm. and and i'm gonna hit hard on apple to tell them guys you should take that scenario seriously inspect mm. build the specs of the next one and the one after and so on to be more rugged capable for being used outdoors i think they're just right now just trying super hard to make it work as is mm. um but but you know they're, they're prioritizing their their next few products and so i had to speak with mike rockwell who's the head of engineering there mm. for the product and you know and i'll continue the conversation to try to push our agenda of making it a, a, a effectively a smart helmet mm. not a big step forward in my opinion and in, in kind of packaging it you even get more more volume and more um, more of what they're hungry for, which is like, give me, you know, access to power, which you're going to have on vehicle. Mm. Give me a volume of of space in the in the, in the headset itself, which is you know usually constrained by weight and other mm. factors. So the need for a helmet that exists already in, in most 
micromobility mm. kind of, uh, you know, it, 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 it's, it's a perfect marriage between demand and supply here of, of technology. Sure. But again, I think that that comes back to like, why do people move, right? Like people move from one place to another. I, I think about it, right? So like I live in New Zealand, you live in Finland, the rest of the team lives in the States. I want to be able to go and spend time with you. I'm even thinking about this micromobility company. Yeah, yeah. Like, of course, yeah, they demoed. Like, yeah, totally. they demoed the FaceTime. Uh, it's not only that though. It's the about. It's it's the it's. I mean, I'm excited about it because I think that it's just going to fundamentally rethink what travel is, like or what mobility is. Like, why would we move in the first place? What's the job to be done? Well, the job mm-hmm. to be done on mobility is really to go and be in presence with the other people, with other people, right? Or to be in a place. And so, if you short circuit that part. I think that's yeah, where it gets into. Look, so that's uh, but the, all of which is to say, I, I like. I think there's probably something interesting to be said there. I think the other part that's that's um, the parallel that I've made up in my mind around this is that it's not it's not a see through. That's what I was surprised with. I was sort of expecting maybe that they'd worked out how to do a glass screen that they would overlay stuff on in the glass screen, but they're actually like you're directly look you're looking at uh, sorry a, a kind of a glass. Um, you're looking display. through two largish lenses literally sure but you're looking at a screen and then on the other side there's a screen which shows your eyes but yes. it's not a look through like it's Correct. a look through vi- but it's but it's reconstructed and it's it, artificial. i had initially expected what you had which was like let's see effectively a heads-up display yes. right on your face which yes which means that mostly look through but you've got this potential to look at mm-hmm. and they they decided to go much more look at or 100 look at with with a um, a layering for others to see your eyes mm. while wearing it. By the way, there's a, there's some interesting detail there. If anybody's interested, when you when you sign up to use the product, and then, mm. and, and they said as far as buying it, when you buy it, you'll you'll get an app first, and then you'll do a like you do a, a, um, the registration for Face ID. Mm. You'll go through and, and rotate your head so that it picks up a lidar picture of your face. Mm. Look, looks at your eyes, ears, everything, and then it decides the dimensions it needs, both for for the insert that's coming to be a light light blocking shade, mm. but also for the um, for the lenses that you might need, the optics that you might need. Uh, which, by the way, they take your your glasses and measure them, and then they drop in Zeiss lenses mm. to 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 uh, compensate for for any vision uh, impairment and. And so, uh, but the point of being that that it it does a um, it's it's customized to your vision to your face, mm. um, and when it captures that three D a three D representation of your face, mm. it creates this thing they call a persona or a, the avatar version of your face, mm. which then in FaceTime comes to represent you. Mm. But it does it pretty darn well, and I thought it would be somewhat having this uncanny valley of being kind of creepy mm. but we, we had conversation with somebody else i didn't see myself mm-hmm. uh what i look like but i saw mm. somebody else who was in a different building who was doing facetime call with me and she was represented by her persona mm. and i thought it was pretty good as far as you know facial gestures mm. i was more concerned with the way the mouth was represented because the mouth is actually more uncanny in these in these representations than the eyes even mm. So it did a fair job. I'm mm. sure it's going to get better. But what it represents when 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 others look at you and you have this pass through functionality, I, I guess they call it eyesight. When you get this eye contact through a through this mechanism, they're using that persona. So sure. what they've done is they've they've taken that, but only cropped the eyes out 
and then or cropped in the eyes. So it puts the eyes out there. So it detects blinking, it detects mm. winking, it detects, you know, your pupils probably in dilation. And everything is done pretty accurately as far as what your eyes would look like to someone else looking. Mm-hmm. But it is an artificial rendition. Mm. So that's clear. My point, though, is that they, they struggled so hard to overcome this objection because it is a socially, it's something that, you you know, Eyes are the window to the soul, all that. And so they did a fair job with it. And I think, again, future versions might actually go more towards that glass, look through, through, heads-up display kind of technology. We're just not there yet. And I think they need to get there simply because they need to thin the device, they need to lighten the device, and they need to make it look less bulky and and, and, uh, off-putting to people who are just wanting to not not look like they're wearing a thing on their face. and that's the vision. That's the the more the glasses look than the goggles look. Mm. But again, we'll probably have to wait, a, you know, I'd say five years for that. Mm. But in the meantime, here's to your point, though. You said that this may be more of a, you know, people at home rather than on, on, on track. But we're here speaking to the creators. Mm. We're here speaking to the innovators. We're here speaking to those who are going to make the stuff that other people consume. And that includes for micro. I think mm. the, the the low-hanging fruit here is let's go put these things on all the scooters or all the vehicles we can find. Mm. Let's map the city using these things. Mm. Let's create bike path visualizations. Mm. Let's do exercise apps. Let's do all these things that engage the products we already have built for micro mm. and combine this tool as kind of the eyes for it. But yet, not yet for writing, but for mapping mm. and data co- collection and painting the canvas, as I said. So the idea being that those of us the, who are in this industry at this point, we're not really consumers. We're we're you know we're the makers. Mm. So let's figure out some way to show Apple to show the world that. Micro is an early adopter of this technology, if not for the for the you know, for the rider, but mm. more for the for the creator. And it's like saying, okay, uh, you know, this was a developer event. In years past, they launched Mac Pro, mm-hmm. uh, XDR displays, all these things. And I remember once having a conversation with them, uh, with the with the marketing team, and asking, you know, well, who would really spend thirty thousand dollars for a Mac Pro, mm. which was crazy money, right, at the mm. time. And, and they were like, oh, well, we speak to a lot of people. And, you know, especially nowadays, people are using Mac Pros to do uh, workflows for YouTube. And I hadn't thought too much about it, but YouTube is a important, you know, market mm. for video edit. Mm. And he said, if these guys can shave minutes off of mm. a workflow that normally, you know, so they're trying to pump stuff out every day. It's got a completely different duty cycle, if you mm. will, a, a whole completely different shelf life than a movie mm. or a TV show. Mm. So they're trying to crank stuff out daily and it's got to be super good and super fast and it's got to be tightly edited. So when they think about their costs and benefit of compute platform, they don't hesitate spending 30000 This is Their content is generating 30000 a day mm. if it's good. Mm. So they're going to spend that kind of money. Therefore, you have to think of your, you know, when you're dealing with Pro Tools, if it's got the word Pro, whether it's an iPhone, a Mac, or now a Vision, you're talking to creators. Mm. You're talking to people who are building things and really setting the the path for the next people to consume, right? And this is what it's aimed at. And so that's where we're speaking to people in our community because we think of 
our community as creators and makers mm. and builders. And then pick this up. Maybe, you know, one in 15 of us will mm. end up getting getting this thing, you know, in the next year. I even thought about the developers. The Apple developer community is 30 million strong. Mm. Now, there are rumors that they're not going to sell more than a million in the first year. Mm. Well, I'm sure there's more than a third of the developers are out there looking to get their hands on this. That's mm. 10 million people right mm. there. And they're just trying to figure out what to do with it. You mm. know, they're, they're, they're not even early adopters. There's like the, the, the creators are just, you know, market zero people. Yeah, yeah. These, these are pre, uh, they would love to get it before it's even launched because they want their app to be the first thing people see. Mm. So all I'm saying is that I think as far uh, the domain of the outdoors belongs to us, mm. uh, the domain of the city belongs to us. And we need to go pick this up and, and see what we can figure out that we can do with it and combine it with the products we already have. Like I said, our, our, our dolly, our, 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 you know, the thing that holds the camera is mm. going to be our vehicles. Mm. Uh, initially, at least that's, that's how I see the application. Mm. And as the more we do that, the more this becomes a self-reinforcing loop of mm. you know the more people see that this is capable the more that apple's gonna get wind of this and say huh maybe we really should build specs for let's say apple vision mobile mm. you know as opposed to pro or air or other brands that are going to sub brands that are going to come up so if there's a mobile version i would you know i would go in and say you know marry it to a helmet mm. and and i must admit that the, the thing that i did find fascinating about the announcement was that it was and I guess this kind of goes back to the how Apple has always, why Apple has always been as effective as it has, is that they they gave very kind of like pretty boring use cases. It's like, oh yeah, you're going to use this for work. You're going to use this for being FaceTime able, and, for FaceTime and, and watching these, movies and watching movies. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's none of that is cool. I mean, what I what I okay, so I've been riding around Amsterdam for a week mm. uh, since I got here, and the audio. If you if you want to try and find your way around a city, the audio. Uh, using it with like Google Maps uh, with an mm. earpod in your ear. It's like a terrible way to do it because everything, you never understood where, mm. never understand where anything is. And the bikes, theoretically, I could attach it to my bike. Haven't been able to find a bike that does that. So I would like, you know, some sort of vision overlay, which like does the direction things. Again, super oh, boring use so case, obvious. but it was like, of course you'd want to be able to well, do this that. this has right? no application in cars. As, you know, the car guys don't even want to run CarPlay in their cars. They mm -hmm. want to own that that whole thing. But uh, at least some some are mm. now resisting CarPlay 2.0. But I'm I'm just saying that I think and this has been my assumption for years now that mm. that micromobility and wearable computing mm. are marriage made in heaven. And I think that those in the community building vehicles ought to you know immediately try to figure out how to mm. pair these two. Mm. And it could be AirPods. It could be just a phone. It could mm. be audio, video, mm. whatever. And I said like. Cameras are an obvious thing. We mm. need to use cameras on, on, on vehicles because not only does it add safety, uh, just like a dash cam adds safety mm. because you know what happens. You have effectively a record of the, of the mm. uh, if there is a, a, a collision or something, something like that. So it protects the rider. But secondly, it can also be resold to the, to the city or to the, you know, that the, the constant visual record of what's happening on the roads. Mm. Um, you know, I've, I'm friends with a company called Nexar that does mm. this with dash cams on cars, mm. mostly for rideshare drivers who, mm. who save on insurance by using this product. But also they resell the data because it gets all go goes to the cloud. Um, we can do this with micro. Mm. So the and, and like the 
people who buy that data are like cities who want to have the latest 3D model of the city like built? Is that, right. Is that so for works? example, cities actually are very unaware of what's going on on the ground. Mm. So even things like obvious state of the pavement state of mm. but what if traffic light is not functioning you know mm. usually you got to send somebody out there cost a ton of money to just dispatch somebody to inspect something there's even things like uh, the use case they gave me was that this building permits mm. and those are posted literally in, in writing mm. on 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 the sidewalks mm. and you know there's there's an expiration date so mm. you this permit runs from date one to date two mm. and um the cities are not out there saying, "Well, did you, you know, it's this is done. You're, you're, mm. you. This is expired. It's time to, you know, either get a renewal or, and that costs money, or you know, stop working there." Mm. And they don't have a m- method for maintaining the the data on that. And so, because these cars drive by every time, they're actually getting snapshots of all of these posters uh, or these posted things, and they can you know, read them using AI or mm. vision machine learning and, and effectively report back and saying, well, this is here, here's a warning. This, mm. this job site is still operating where it shouldn't be. Mm. So that, uh, that would happen automatically because they're driving by that spot like hundred times a day. Mm. So there's, there's, then there's road surface. There's, mm. like I said, uh, signage, signage always breaks. Somebody mm. runs into a sign, knocks it over. Mm. How's the city know mm. that this very important stop sign just got run over, mm. you know? Um, and then if a, a collision occurs, then it's the city's liable because they didn't have a stop sign there. And, mm. you know, the, the insurance company could say, hey, you know, you're, you're, you're dereliction of duty or whatever. Mm. So it's very important that they get observational data all the sure. time. And now the point about micro in that would be, number one, resolution at, at the sidewalk level mm. or at the curb level that would be sharper than what you get from a dash cam. Mm. Number two it's it's the points you reach with micro are more let's say closer to destinations than a car might go and thirdly they can capture more of the surface questions uh as far as road road surface because you have less uh, you know isolation Mm. uh of the vehicle finally there there's we can put sensing on there like air quality Mm. which typically you can't do in a car easily because you know the sensor is going to be inside but on, on a vehicle like this you can get on the outside so all, all kinds of things that are interesting as far as data capture on, on these vehicles. Now, with a headset like this, mm. you're doing it all in 3D now. Mm. Um, and how's the car going to do that? Well, you, yeah, well, put it in the you know design documents and have it wait for five years before that spec makes it into production. And then, you know, wait for another five years for that to, to mm. get to get uh, distributed widely. It's just not going to happen quick enough, and and that's why I think in in you know as this thing becomes more and more popular and people are, are going to use these outdoors, we're going to see micro become the most uh, prolific generator of of data about streets, about curb, about uh, sites. Totally, and I can see that happening. Maybe if you put computer, I mean, I guess the question that I have is like there are layers of all of this stuff, right? Like you can put a bike, you can put a camera on a, on an e bike. I think that's probably going to be useful. The, the one thing that I can see that's happening with the sort of like the idea of spatial computing and again, like they announced it yesterday. So, or the day before. So mm-hmm. we're, we're still like so insanely early about this, but is that it will be a place where all of that at least gets collected because the thing that I can see that's happening right now where, where, where we're having start, sometimes we're starting to get computers that have got, oh, sorry, uh, bikes that have got cameras on them. It's like 
everything's super siloed. Everything's yeah. going, going, none of this necessarily makes it back to the people who need it easily. Whereas, and again, I I'm trying to work out how, how on earth it would work on within an Apple's ecosystem. Well, if, the, if the, for example, this becomes a new computing platform. And so here's a, here, this is a great engineering question. And, and it's, it's, it's something that actually has been painful to me because when I worked even uh, as, you know, as I did in Bond, where we actually had the same thoughts about mm. this, realizing the difficulty of execution on that because mm. you're dealing with a supply chain that is not geared towards compute at all. You mean with, uh, with uh, e-bikes and stuff? With bikes in general, sure. micro in general, so automobile, automobile in general, right? They're, 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 this is why Tesla was so, let's say, quote-unquote disruptive mm. in the sense that they said, okay, we, we, we're not going to use components for uh, compute that are off the shelf in mm. automotive grade. They just created their own. And in so doing, they, they centralized what was very, very modular. And it needed to be central in order to move forward because mm. it had become, due to, due to the layering of tiers in, in the automotive supply chain, we end up with like 15 different computers, quote unquote. Mm. But they're not smart enough to, to be moving forward on self-driving or moving mm. forward. And so architecturally, mm. there had to be a revolution. And and the problem I, I've, I've yet to see a solution for is in micro, there isn't yet a, a centralized compute mm-hmm. alternative. Mm-hmm. And, and, and people are just sort of, there's co-module and others who are trying to say, okay, well, we, we can deliver on communications. We can deliver on, let's say, uh, ABS or, or mm. something that, that again, but it's very automotive in that design, mm. you know, sort of in that architecture, I should mm. say. So why why Apple's interesting uh, is because huh. it can it can it can short circuit all that. It can it can become an accessory product that the that the wearer uses and or the writer uses, and it just needs power from the device. So it kind of it's centralized, but it's it, it's separate from. I'm the, actually thinking of something different when you talk about this. Which is the idea that you know how like um, they showed it in this in the demonstration where you have one on and then you look at your Mac and all of a sudden your Mac pops mm-hmm. up with the screen and that becomes yep. part of it. It's like I imagine that they'll probably over time develop devices that will be able to in theory talk with all these things. Mm-hmm. So for example, you would look at your bike and you could see all the specs of your bike as you ride along. Yeah. The bike will there, be able there, to provide there, a bunch there's of an a, there, there's a the kit. range, the details. The, there's a kit for now well known. But there's a kit that is for exercise equipment exactly that way. Not mm-hmm. quite. You look at it, but you you use your Apple Watch or your phone, mm. and when you go to a piece of exercise equipment that's participating in this uh, in this idea, it pairs with it, and also it downloads all the data of your exercise routine that was captured by that by mm. that you know let's say treadmill or, or bike. And that it becomes part of your health uh, ingestion, mm-hmm. if you will. The, the health app mm. ingests ingests all that. Um, they're also trying to do this now with like automatically in hotels to detect that you have, uh, an, you know, the, the the TV becomes an Apple TV for your use only. Mm. It, it pairs up very quickly. So yes, obvious obvious use case. So you imagine your bike is has uh, um, shall we call it vision kit mm. for for the moment so that so what does vision kit mean it mm. like it detects that is a vision device um, then it it will automatically begin to share what's relevant also it probably just plugs in and gets power from the bike you know that's that's pretty straightforward it's USB-C mm. uh, but also it, it kind of begins to 
shake hands with and and mm. participate with with uh, with the Apple product, which which means again paradoxically, it's even more modular mm. than what we've been talking about. But the module that we're talking of coming from Apple is a super smart one. Yes. In fact, it's so powerful that it's probably running circles around the most powerful car computer that's out there today. I mean, we're talking right now, even Tesla doesn't run more than probably four or five years old Qualcomm chipset, right? Mm. It's not the state-of-the-art M processor that Apple has. Mm. Um, and they, that's, again, part of the production process. But it's, this is why we, you, 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 you leapfrog and, and suddenly you're using consumer-grade products because they don't need to be automotive, mm. but consumer with some safety tweaks, mm. right? And, then, and that would then enable billions of people, as we're going to talk about tomorrow, mm. you know, billions of people to have a compute-enabled mobile device, mm. or I should say compute-enabled mobile vehicle mm. uh, that, that um, makes them the smartest uh, vehicle on the road. Mm. I want to come back to this uh, part that we had talked about earlier, which is related to that conversation between micromobility and automobility. And because I, okay, I can kind of see the arguments around uh, AR and the fact that it becomes, if it becomes an overlay on this world in which you are engaged. And as you say, you look, you look up, you are engaged mm -hmm. in the world versus you look down uh, when you're in automobility. So it feels to me like there's some level of data or intelligence that you can overlay on a micromobility trip. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's like, I'm still engaged. My attention is still on the road. My attention is still on this. It still feels to me a little bit like dead time when I'm tra traveling around. Now I'm, and it's joy. Yeah. It's joy. And I totally get that. Right. Like, especially somewhere like, you know, Amsterdam for the last week, it's been amazing. Like you ride around yeah, and, and it's just joyous. And, and, and it's smiles. Gotta, yeah. And you have to balance the, 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 the need to develop, to, to deliver a set of exciting, uh, it, you know, what is it? Stimulation, mm -hmm. um, visual, mm -hmm. whatever. Uh, I mean, but, we're all just dopamine monkeys at that point, right? But, but, like, we, but we don't want to, you know, we don't want to compromise on safety. So yes. here, here's what, what also I think the, the new Vision Pro product has uh, that's, slight, that's probably unique. Mm. It has, for lack of a better term, a lot of AI in it. Mm -hmm. And that is behind the scenes. Mm. And the example I can give you is that of that canvas that I told you, it treats it as objects. Mm. But if a person is in the room... It knows there's a person. Mm. It tracks that person's presence and will pass that presence through to you, even if you're in isolation. Mm. Meaning that it automatically prioritizes a type of visual object in the mm. room that is classified as a person. And mm. that person gets top priority and will actually intrude. Why? Because, again, for social reasons, mm. People do not want to be ignored, and it, not only is there rudeness involved, but there's also safety in the sense that you know if someone's in the room, they, you you might be embarrassed that they're watching you, and you don't know you're being mm -hmm. watched. So, so that person's presence will be made known to you. Now, and that is using, uh, for lack of a better term, AI. Okay, mm -hmm. so there's a lot of that. There's kind of like questions about um, decisions it makes without you asking it to. Mm -hmm. That that is why it's in the realm of AI because mm -hmm. it's dealing with a lot of a lot of learning and a lot of processing, even the, the persona itself yeah. is, a, is an AI uh, creation. But what I would say is, is for the physical world, this is this problem like cubed. 
Mm. It's like 10 times, 1,000 times more complicated, 100%. right? Like, what so you, what, what that means- How does it react if you're walking through a crowd or- whatever. Right, so it needs to, it needs to, just like a self-driving system, it needs to prioritize children, it needs to prioritize elderly, mm. uh, you know, obstacles and all these other things. Not for the purpose of, you know, avoiding your, uh, or, or, or driving you mm. through them, but rather to say, now is not the time to interrupt with, uh, you know, an mm. ad. Now is not the time to show, stop for coffee. Mm. Here's something I'm gonna. You should be paying attention to, mm. um, and for that reason, I think it's bionic and it gives you a superpower because what it would do is that visual you have. Maybe job one mm. is let's make the writer as safe as possible. So let's actually highlight things which they should be paying attention to more. Mm -hmm. So rather than you know popping in distractions, mm. let's let's pop in warning or mm. not not so much so, but like okay, pay attention maybe slightly change the color of something right mm. that would be one way like mm. you know shaded red if it's dangerous mm. um this to me is like it, it, what i used to think about was that wearables for uh micro mobility should uh turn safety into um a feature that mm. people want and enjoy having mm -hmm. as opposed to oh helmets are suck i know mm. so safety is a pain point it's mm. for cars as well as mm. bikes Safety is always, oh, I don't want to wear a seatbelt. I don't want to have extra costs. You know, automotive industries in general have have been dragging their heels on safety because they mm. know consumers fundamentally don't value it. They don't yeah. want to pay for it. But this is my point, right? Like, so if, if consumers don't value it, like, what is the value that can be added on a, like, hey, I'm, dry, I'm, I'm riding from this point and to this point on my e-bike or in my micro mobility vehicle it's like you can give me i don't know my speed some better safety data some some other things that are that are that are nicer that make for a more engaging ride i you know point out different things as i ride past them or kind of interesting it's an interesting overlay versus this idea that in theory you could hop in like an autonomous vehicle or something that's going to totally drive you. And then you're complete, like you, all you're watching is movies. You know, it's, it's like, you're not mm. in the world. You you're, should you're not be looking out the window. If you're in an autonomous car, totally. you should be looking down at the dashboard for some eye candy. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and I, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just cynical on humans, but I feel like there's going to be a whole bunch of humans that it's maybe, and this is the part where we were talking earlier about, do you take the stairs, do you take the escalator or do you, do you take mm. the elevator, mm. right? Like it's that question of like, are you actually engaged in the world? Well, are, maybe are you, it is only for 20%. For, I think uh, the 80, 20 rule are, mm. applies here. I think 20% perhaps are the, mm. are the escalator uh, climbers. Yes. Um, Sorry to go back to that analogy. People who take the stairs, take people who take the escalators, the people who ride e-bikes ride e and the people who take the elevators, the people who like want the self-driving car that rides them around and they never Yeah, the, the box, you you push a button and it takes you there. There's nothing to do. The, mm. the, the, uh, the opposite end is like, oh, you got to climb every stair by yourself. But mm. then in the middle, you've got this escalator, which is electric. Mm. But, you know, we already as a society have kind of gotten to the convention where if you stand on an escalator, you stand to the right. But if you climb the escalator, you're given a lane. Mm. And by the way, escalator designers and mm. manufacturers hate it. They it actually weighs way more on one side than on the other. It wears unevenly. Yeah, yeah. And and also they said throughput is lower this way because mm. everybody ends up lining up and you get you get far less density on mm. than you should. So the, the ideal one is that a person stands um, on both 
sides, but every other step. Mm. So you've got left, right, left, right, left, mm. right, and that gets you the maximum throughput, right? Mm. So people should queue up and then stack themselves up that way. And that mm. most people, but now you got like left and nothing, left and nothing, mm. left and or sorry, right, 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 right. Yes, but 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 my point is that that because society uh, automatically, you know, uh, will afford or give to the 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 climber mm. their lane because mm. they respect that mm. you know it, it, and there's a you know there's um uh, excuse me if they're not there there's like let me pass and then they say well i'm not gonna bother moving over every time i just stand over to the mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so but but the point about this this question about do you want to add information to maybe a world that people want to be mostly ignoring checked out of yeah, yeah, yeah checked completely. out of again there'll be people who say give me more and other mm. people who say give me less mm. and i do think maybe there's going to be people and this is where gamification comes in or mm. incentive manipulation so you might say okay in exchange for you letting me in, you know inject uh some information in your visuals as you ride mm. um maybe you know we're going to give you coupons or incentives for mm. you to make uh, extra you know money or stops mm. or something like that for mm. you know uh and that's why i i always think of it as like that's paying people to divert from their original plan mm. um and and redirection mm. on the internet is what f- fuels it mm. the redirection is what made the internet because remember in the beginning with with surfing and with http the whole mm. logic was that you kind of hop from link to link. And mm. so when, when it was evident it was possible to hop link to link, then came the business model of let's surface links that people should, you know, mm. could go and let's pay, advertisers will pay to surface links. And th- that was Yahoo. And then mm-hmm. let's 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 actually uh, determine intent and that was search. Um, and then let's let's uh, stack rank the, the you know, who pays the most, and that was mm. an auction for for mm. your your attention, and th- that was the business model of Google. Mm. It became the business model of Facebook and others who were effectively saying, "Yeah, we th- you thought you were here to chat with your friends, but we're going to take you off and shop for shoes or something like that." Mm. And that that's that's where, what what uh, all these ads <laughs> are about. And indeed, you know, if they catch you talking about shoes, they're going to give you a shoe ad. Mm, you know, that's mm, the thing. Mm. Um, and and th- they're determining intent because of your social interaction, whether that's social media, or determine your intent by your stated search terms. And that's that's old-fashioned search. And you can see how insidious the mm. logic is for social media. It's like paying attention to your conversation in order to sell you something. Mm. Well. But that's the fuel of the internet, good or bad. Mm. What we ended up with is that in order to monetize, and you don't pay anything, right? You don't pay for search. You don't pay mm. for for content. You don't pay for for media communication. Mm. You 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 the the fuel of the internet is the redirection of attention. Mm. The old internet pre web was like you had to know the server to, to go to. Mm. You had either an IP address or mm. a name. And you go there, you have a directory, you say, I want that file. And that was the job to be done of the mm. internet. It was to transfer files without having to send over f- physical objects. And for years and years, you know, researchers and others were using the internet as effectively a, mm. a, a large file system that mm. was remote. But once we got to, 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 to the ability to do hyperlinking, mm. then it suddenly became this idea of surfing and therefore redirection and therefore monetization via... Mm advertising mm. we forget this but the monetization of the internet the fuel that keeps all the lights on started with this idea that you thought you were going to go to 
file transfer mm. something, but we're going to send you to a completely different place. You're going to be buying. And you know, you're going to be buying shoes instead. Yeah. So yeah. that was the logic. Now, to bring this to the physical domain, and this has been, I've been pounding the table on this. Mm. To bring this to the physical domain, the resistance has been mostly people say, look, yeah, the, that was possible with the internet because the, the cost per bit went down to near zero. Mm-hmm. So there was never, and initially it was expensive to do file transfer, mm-hmm. but it became cheaper and cheaper. And at the point that there's marginally cost of zero, you're paying for a bundle, you're mm-hmm. paying for a, um, you know, a bunch of uh, uh, unlimited data effectively, then nobody cared mm-hmm. how much it cost to redirect. That, 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 was, that was free. Mm-hmm. So what, what the problem with the physical world is the redirection is still costing money because mm-hmm. especially in a car, it's extremely expensive to mm-hmm. redirect. Mm-hmm. So no one could afford to give you know a coupon to, uh, or rather a driver would not take a coupon to stop off for coffee because this is like, I, I, it's, I got fine parking. It's going to slow me down and totally. all these other things. Yeah. But with micro, my premise is this with micro is that, the cost is marginally going to zero. In fact, it might your cost of co- cost of actual travel because the, the the cost of servicing it on a cheap vehicle, right? So, but, but, but yeah, the yeah. combined cost of travel, mm. right? Mm. It's measured usually cents per mile. Mm. Um, for micro, it should be orders of magnitude cheaper. And the mm. dream, even of car sharing, is that you bring the cost down to let's say same as as public transit, let's mm-hmm. say, mm-hmm. or but I think micro brings it even lower. And mm-hmm. there's society cost as well. There's all these uh, externalities that we talk about the the environmental costs, which are usually not measured. But the the fact that micro is so many orders of magnitude lower in all these dimensions, right? Mm. So now, if we if we bring that cost down low enough to the point where you can actually conceive as a merchant mm. that I'm going to pay for that ride, you know, nominally speaking, again in the shared model that's obvious, but in in the in the own model it might be difficult to measure that cost of one ride. But if we're going to subsidize the, the 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 experience of of using micro in general, right? And it might be that, uh, you know, the models typically, if successful in redirection, should uh, effectively bring people's cost, perception of cost to zero. They should just feel like it's free. Mm. And then mm. and then they'd be like, yeah, I'm just zipping around, you know, almost randomly like you would in a mall. When you walk in a mall, you're like, I don't know where I'm going. I'm mm. just kind of rambling around. And, and, you know, this was in the old days, you know, promenade or something like that, boulevardier, mm-hmm. someone who walks down the boulevard and mm-hmm. just hangs out. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, that notion that it was, it was recreational, it was casual, it was, it was random, if that can be brought to a large enough segment of all the trips. Mm-hmm. Now, when I put this to some professional, you know, uh, people in transportation, they said, well, I, we just don't see that cost ever going low enough. And secondly, people perceive cost also with time much mm-hmm. more and they'll feel... Like, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm making a trip A to B. I'm not going to really go to C instead. But I just think that's just the lack of courage or, or conviction. I think it's possible to really push in this direction. Now, with so in the premise is what are the, what are the enabling technologies? Mm. One of them, I think, will be this type of wearable and this type mm. of data. This, and so on. That, that's kind of the dream here. Mm. I guess, yeah, there's a couple of things that need to happen for that to be to come to fruition. One is that the cost of transport, because I mean, I think about like even shared, right? Like we've kind of, I think in some ways maxed out where shared is going to get to in terms of the, the, like the dropping in the cost of how shared systems are going to work. Like I have a few thoughts on that. We should probably talk about shared in general. Uh, at, at a, yeah. Well, we're going to come back. We're, we're going to do another show. State uh, of the union, state of the union yeah. which we'll do uh, hopefully while we're still here, if we can, but if not, certainly uh, quickly after, but it's, it's that idea of, 
you know, like we, I, I think the, the, the challenge that the, like the ch- challenge and the jump for, I think a lot of people was being able to make those things. Cause they look at shit and they're like, Oh, it's kind of it's a couple of dollars a ride or something where it should be maybe 20 cents a ride or 10 mm-hmm. cents a ride. So how do we, how do we drop down that cost? Well, and ad continue driven, to- ad driven. It's just the point about this, this whole logic was striking to anyone who's been in computation. Sure. In sure. Communication sure. A long time. I, I think it's that, but it's also things about like the vehicles and the, and the cities and the city saying like, yes, we want to support these systems. And then eventually like the cost becomes very cheap. And then you go mm-hmm. like, what does a micromobility enabled city actually look like? There's a whole nother conversation yeah, around yeah. that. So that's one. And the second is, is that, is that idea of like, what will it take for those AR platforms to mm-hmm. get really good? Cause I, I'm still like, I look at this and I'm like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. I like, I want one of these, I want I a vision, AI, Pro, but, it, but I, but I think it's, You've got another, as you say, five years of this evolving before mm. we kind of get to something that's like See, socially the, acceptable to wear outside. It, it's going to be a, it's going to be a useful overlay. What's happening with AI in general, and I, you know, this is very been a very buzzy buzzy topic. But I noticed that what makes AI better in one dimension. Or, I mean, or, AI, not AI. Oh, AR. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. It's both, different. but both. Yeah. Let, let's touch on both for a moment because mm. I think yes, augmented or. Uh, you know, vision is the spatial new, computing. New, Sorry, new, new, new S- spatial. SC, I need to update my lingo. <laughs> we got to start using the the, the the politically correct terms. But yeah, um, spatial computing and in, in, indeed is is being pushed on us because someone invested heavily, mm-hmm. spent billions on this. Mm. But but I want to go back to this question that machine learning or mm. or AI could be very important in this because it, it's the decision engine about what to show you mm. and that's very important because again we have safety issues but but the th- the thing that i discovered watching this event was you know how much investment they made in like let's create a persona let's create a person detector mm. th- let's let's make decisions on behalf of the user on how to represent them how, how to represent others around them mm. now those this was a conscious decision and it cost them years of effort to do this, mm. but machine learning responds to investment mm. heavily. In, and, and so the question is, well, like chat GPT was like a huge investment and mm. still needs to maintain a huge investment, mm. but it's effectively a chatting, mm. you know, generative again, what is the application? You know, is it, what media are you trying to target with? And people are just pouring a lot of energy sometimes without return. On, on trying to make breakthroughs there. Mm. But no one's kind of yet put the, the massive investment to say, okay, what do we surface at street level if you're wearing a device that's going to be mm. worn by... It's simply not a use case that people have yet. But mm. once that's discovered or, or expanded on, then you'll see the money come in. And then suddenly, you know, like I said, it's a self-reinforcing loop. Mm. And so I do think that this, the way society works and technology works is that you have to start, you know, the momentum and then it keeps going. And this is one of the critical keys is going to be exactly this, uh, investing in a machine learning necessary to make that experience because this will not work with, with a simple algorithm mm. or, you know, just, or, or even like what Google has for search. I mean, Google has, a, a, by today's standards, a very crude algorithm for, for ranking search. In, in, you know, and and the idea of using chat would be to mm. to expand on on that mm. significantly, right? Then that that's the buzzy thing about it. But I think in the case of of, and, and I guess we could even highlight this point for this for this show is that 
this is really machine learning coming to micro. Mm. How would it come? Well, it wouldn't be necessarily, you know, in balancing the network or something like that. It mm. will be in like, how do we provide information on the screen of the, of the person who's wearing a screen? Mm. Um, what makes sense to put on that screen? And that has to be a very sophisticated algorithm at this mm. point. I don't think we can expect it to be with something off the shelf today. Mm. Brilliant. Well, I mean, that, that's us at time, but I, I, I just want to say always, always uh, such a pleasure. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to hearing the, the kind of wider reflections on spatial computing, I think as well. Uh, for folks who do want to hear Horace talk about that stuff, you, you cover and, more and of that. I don't know how to make it possible, but I was one of the few people privileged enough to get a demo of this product. Mm. And so for the next few months, it's going to be pretty hard to get your hands on it. So if people do have questions, I put it on on, on Mastodon as sort mm. of ask me anything about this thing. Mm -hmm. um, loads of questions, even though Mastodon is not as big as Twitter. Uh, but if um, if people do have questions about it, I'm happy to answer because I think, uh, especially in the micro domain, we can we can we can explore a lot of ideas here. So yeah, thanks for for having me again. <laughs> <laughs>